Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer, Porter, all have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to our content, if you would please leave behind a written review and, I don't know, maybe give us some star power, that'd be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. Bang. Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to episode 49, 40 freaking nine of the Hog Talk podcast. I am your Friday host, Ty Hudson. Alongside me today, to my imaginary right, is my man and our, our producer, Porter Hayes. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, starting to become a a, a regular thing. I, I love being on the show. So <laughs> filling in, you know, our guys got, you know, bailing people out and going to the Caymans. So mm-hmm. uh, I fill in for him every now and then. Poor Jacob. Uh, you, I mean, I, like, I think I've hosted the last, I don't know, like five episodes or something, four or five episodes. He's been so busy. Yeah, I get it. Like, you know, we've, we don't do this full time. This is, I mean, it's not a hobby. I think it's far from that for us. We obviously want this to grow and be successful, but we've also got lives, and sometimes, you know, things happen. And uh, you're a family man like myself, and, and you and I just happen to be, I guess we're both homebodies, so we're able to, we, we're more accessible to this stuff, I guess. Yeah, I, I, but we're going to have to talk to the HR department. I, I don't know how much PTO Jacob's got left, so, I mean, it's getting kind of ridiculous. Yeah, we're going to file a complaint. <laughs> Jacob, we're <clears throat> we're coming for you. We're gonna we're gonna file a complaint against you. All right, so much has happened. Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to begin. We've had early signing period, which started on the 18th, and it'll it'll effectively end on uh, tomorrow. Well, by the time you listen to this, it'll be over with by the end of the day. And then you've got dead period coming up, and and then in the middle of all of this. And you feel for every new coach because they're up against the early signing period. We've got Sam Pittman trying to fill out his staff while also, you know, being out on the recruiting trail. Uh, I'm going to argue that he's done an incredible job, all things considered. Holy cow, Porter! I know you uh, you've kept a little bit of an eye on on recruiting, and I just want to I want to get your first reaction to what you've seen so far through early signing period. How he's been able to flip some of these people and, and get these guys that some said that he didn't have a chance or they just wasn't on the radar to to flip has has really opened my eyes. You know, uh, I, I, last time we talked, you know, we we kind of compared to what he had to do with what Musselman had to do when he come in, and I'm not going to yeah. compare this this class to what he's done with what, what Musselman's done because it's uncomparable. But he has really done a great job of doing what he's been able to do in a week. And, you know, with a lot of heat got caught with the Jacoby Criswell thing. I mean, the dude had a week to go talk to this kid that somebody's been going after him for three years, and he wasn't going to back down from it. You know, and you, can't, you can't hurt the kid or hate on the kid for choosing to go to North Carolina when they've invested. And he said it in the video. I mean, they weren't a priority. Arkansas wasn't a priority to him. No. And, and you can't. So, I mean, I think the bridge was burnt. It, it was a good effort. And, and I think Jacoby had, you know, gave him a listen. And he said, well, I'm going to stick to, you know, North Carolina. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. I'm an ACC guy. So, I, I know the ACC a little bit. Um, you know, the guy that he's going to be challenging for the starting positions going to be a sophomore next year. So, you know, he could go into North Carolina 
Hal, Sam Howell could be doing a really good job. He's not going to sit behind Hal for three years and then go play. He could play four games next year and then do the transfer portal and then come right back to Arkansas. I mean, that's that, that's a po- it's a possibility. So yeah. not saying it's going to happen, and I'm not trying to to get people's hopes up, but it's a possibility that he could land back in Arkansas. So all is not lost when it comes to him. That, it, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I mentioned this, and I always bring up our Discord because uh, a lot of them listen to what we do here and they support everything we do, and I want to give a special shout-out to them every single episode to everybody. Um, but someone had had – mentioned a little bit about this, about Criswell and what he was up against. And I posted that picture of what Criswell did last year as a true freshman. Um, true freshman, okay? 234 completions out of 388 uh, attempts. That puts him at roughly almost 61% pass completion ratio with 3,300 yards, 35 passing touchdowns, and only seven picks, while also being sacked 30 Six times. I, I don't know. Like, why there isn't more buzz around this kid, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why, how. I don't, you know, I don't keep up with the ACC, obviously, as much as I do the SEC for obvious reasons. That kid is incredible. Um, should be all ACC or somewhere in that category in the top, you know, first or second or third, probably third team. Let's be real. We know who's in that conference, but that's incredible. 36 sacks. And typically with that kind of margin, he also had an adjusted quarterback rating of uh, right at about 159, which is also impressive. With with that much pressure, his total sack uh, uh, yardage lost per sack, or his total net yardage loss on the year was 220. Okay, when you have that much pressure in your face, you got to imagine. I, I don't know how many times that guy got knocked down. To only have seven interceptions with 35 touchdowns is absolutely incredible. Um, and. <clears throat> I, I don't know. They, I, I'm sure he's 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 bailed out a little bit by some really talented wideouts. He's got that uh, Deami Brown kid and Daz Newsome. Um, uh, trying to, I had the other names pulled up here. Rontavius Groves. Like he's got some talent around him, and it looks like statistically these guys are really impressive. It's not like they had a, uh, they didn't have a bad rush attack either. Twenty two hundred yards uh, with eleven total touchdowns on the ground. But that kid is good. Sam Howell's good. He's not going anywhere. And for Criswell to walk in there, I, I hope he's patient because North Carolina is trending in the right direction and they're doing it behind Sam Howell. And I'm with you. And I said this in the Discord. This has transfer written all over it. I, I just, quarterbacks today, and I say today, they've always been this way because we're talking about quarterbacks after all. But uh, now with the way, how, 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 if, in some cases we've seen, or actually in a lot of cases where quarterbacks have been able to transfer and been ruled eligible immediately, I, I don't know. I I really think there's going to be an opportunity here where Arkansas might have a shot at bringing him back. But I, I'm with you too that we're not trying to get anybody's hopes up. But he's going to be he's going to be riding the pine for a little well, while. Well, you look at the college football playoff right now. Three of the four quarterbacks are transfer quarterbacks. Yep. So, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the only one that's not a transfer quarterback. You know, Fields come from Georgia, went to Ohio State. Burrow, you know, went from Ohio State. It's almost like a revolving door, you know, other than yeah. Georgia, you know, because that's the only one that's not in it. But, um, it, yes, it's it, – and I think it's a good – it's good and bad. And, and I think it's good for the fact that you don't have to just sit there and ride the pine if you can go be a man somewhere else. And it's yeah. proven that, you know. But then he gets watered down. You know, everybody just because they think they're 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 not the guy, they're going to go get in the transfer portal and try to try to go somewhere else. You know, it's a because mixed I, bag. It's a yeah, mixed. It definitely is. You've, there's pros and cons, and you see these guys that are transferring. Where are they going? You know, Jalen Hurts. Where did he go? You know, um, you look at LSU situation. You look where did he come from? Where did Joe Burrow come from? And that's that's where the a lot of people, the resistance to making kids immediately eligible, that's where the resistance comes from. It's like, well, it only, again, we talk about rich get richer in college football. That's another way that we've seen where guys who transfer to maybe, you know, let, let's say, for example, if Criswell, okay, let's play that hypothetical out. If he were to transfer, here we are jumping the gun. I know we're going to get people mad at us for that. But let's say that happens. After year one, he's like, all right, I'm coming back. 
what are the odds that he's made eligible at Arkansas versus if he were to go to Oklahoma? You know, it's that's well, the well, that's, that's the, the difference. So if he don't play his four games, he's immediately eligible. That's that's the difference between this basketball oh, okay. versus yeah. football. If he sure. doesn't play his four games, he's immediately eligible. So he could go try things out. And if he don't like how things are going to be panning out, and if he mm-hmm. knows that, say Sam Howe is not going to be a, a first round pick after his junior year, and that's going to be the the defining factor. If if Hal is going to be a NFL prospect and Criswell can play two years at North Carolina, it might be worth sticking around. But mm-hmm. but if Hal's not going to be that NFL prospect, he's going to go into his senior year. Then the the chances are, I mean, at least we're going to he's going to look the other way and he's going to think about coming to Arkansas. You yeah. Know, it's, so that's the deal. Well, like I said, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed, mixed, mixed. Salty bag. It's um, <laughs> it doesn't seem to play. I, I shouldn't complain because Ar- it's not like Arkansas didn't. Uh, you know they, they. This is all still kind of new. Like all these rules and all these different changes and what have you. We're still trying to get adapted to them. And Ar- maybe Arkansas benefit from this. We won't be as salty on it. Maybe we won't be as. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I I think though if you're if I don't think there should be any restrictions at all. I think if you want to transfer, it should be. Uh, you should be allowed to transfer, and 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 I think you ought to be allowed to be immediately eligible, assuming you don't do it. You know, and I, obviously you can you can self regulate as a as, you know with the NCAA. Yeah, I know that's uh, that's um, we've had that going on now. About the, yeah, we've had, we've talked about ten minutes on that before about what we think about the NCAA and their uh, their eligibility qualifications. It's it's just ridiculous. It's either like. You let everybody in, or you let nobody in, and that's kind of where I have, I just have some major issues with 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 how they handle all that. And self regulation is not something they've done very well. It also seems like they pick and choose who they're gonna who they're gonna slap with with um, with actual rules and discipline. And and you look at the situation at LSU. You got a coach that's caught red handed. Their basketball coach, and he's still there, and they're fine. And as far as we know, I don't think the NCAA is gonna rule on anything, or at least not anytime soon, with them. And so it's it's just I'm so tired of it. Give us why not have a Roger Goodell? Why not have a someone you can at least point the finger at and say, okay, it's up to you to get this job done instead of a group of guys behind a curtain. You know why not have someone a commish or someone to to that can be held responsible because there's you can't hold a group of people behind a closed curtain somewhere responsible. I, I, I don't know. And then again, that, that group of people behind that curtain are making a lot of money. It's like the Wizard are. of Oz. That's he very, wants to stay behind that curtain. He don't want to see what's going on behind that curtain. Which is why you don't get, whether, whether everything is just... Um, well, you had that situation out in California where that Cal Poly, this small technical school out there in, in, in California, they had $200 worth of books or something that was a, some deal like that. And they mm-hmm. threw the book at them. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's like, you've got guys on wiretap that the feds are looking at. No, mm-hmm. they're, they're good to play. They're all right. I mean, yeah. it's like, it, it's just ridiculous. It sucks. Nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. Me and my neighbor Alex were having this conversation earlier today. He was, or no, it was yesterday, I think, and he was saying, "How do we, how do we deal with this if if we can't rely on the NCAA to self-regulate?" And again, I know we're getting way off topic here, but it, it is an interesting conversation to have because, look, I, it's Criswell. It's got I don't know. I don't know the kid. Okay, I've never talked to him, but he's going to sit behind Sam Howell. At his talent level, Criswell is a very highly touted quarterback coming out of Arkansas. Okay, say what you want about that, but he's got those stars next to his name. He had some legit offers. You think he's really going to sit on his hands for two years and just sit back and wait for year three to, to hit? Oh, the- no. I wouldn't. No. No. And I, no. even if I were at Arkansas and I'm born and raised and it runs through my veins, but I don't know if I want to sit somewhere until my third year to hit the field. So I, you know, we could go on and on about that for another half hour with the. Well, my biggest thing is like, if a coach, Mm -hmm. the one that's responsible, the one that's held accountable for what goes on in his program, can get infractions and then quit and go to the NFL, or go to another school, and there's nothing done to him personally, but yet they hammer the school. That's where I say you should be able to let the players do whatever they want because a coach could sit there and be crooked as hell. 
<laughs> and then, like, I mean, Pete Carroll, look what he done at USC. Done all that stuff at, at USC and then went to the Seahawks. And he was held accountable for nothing. Went to the NFL and USC had to, had to deal with the, the consequences. It's not fair. So if you're not going to hold the coaches accountable, you, you shouldn't hold the players accountable. In that instance, I remember they made and, – and, yeah, he left the school – I mean, they've not ever really been the same since, although they've had some good years. But, uh, you know, they haven't had a complete meltdown quite like post-Petrino at Arkansas. But um, if I remember right, I think those kids that were recruited and brought in, I think they were allowed to transfer without being, you know, without having to, to hold out a year. They were made immediately eligible, if I remember right. But, like, to your point, the school was still screwed. Yeah. And, uh, and there, I, some fans there argue that they're still paying the price for that, and maybe they are. I guess if we could still hold Petrino's feet to the fire on the situation we have here, I guess they can too with Pete Carroll at USC. But, anyways, getting back on topic really quick with recruiting. Man, you get us going on the NCAA and they're how corrupt and crooked they are. We'll just go on. We can make a whole damn episode about that. Um, looking at the rest of this roster, though, or the rest of this signing early signing class, my gosh. And like you said, the job that he's done, it's it's impressive. Miles Slusher, you flip him from Oregon. Now, I don't know. I had heard that it was he was a pretty strong commit to Oregon, and then something sort of happened, and then he was – obviously upset and I don't know I don't know the whole backstory behind that but Miles Slusher at, towards the end it sounded like you had to pick between Arkansas and uh, Nebraska supposedly was the other option there but he's a four-star safety out of broken arrow six foot 181 pounds but I it, and as great as that is how about Sam Pittman getting Darren Turner back on board yeah oh definitely I mean, any type, I mean yeah you could flip anybody I hate, and I hate, hate doing this because I sound like a damn broken record, but I hate sounding like what he, what Musselman did. But it's comparable because look at the guys that Musselman flipped to get to sign that was off board. Mm -hmm. and, and I know it was not an in-state guy or whatever, but you're getting people that had turned away, had stopped even thinking about Arkansas, and now they're looking at Arkansas. That That's a plus. Anytime you can get somebody to reconsider and then sign with Arkansas, that's huge. So if he could do that in a week, give this man a year, and it gives me hope of what he can do with this this program. Well, you know, I'm excited about just between when dead period is over with, and don't ask me when that is because I'm not entirely sure, but uh, when it's over with, what can he do with, with a little bit more time, with a couple more weeks to prepare? And, uh, you know, I'm sure him and his staff have got a whole just spreadsheet on all these targets that they want to go after uh, that, that they didn't end up signing during early signing period that are still available out there. And I'm sure he's he's got that sucker nailed down. And as soon as they're allowed to, they're going to be hitting up on the phones, making uh, some some in-home visits, talking with mom and dad and 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 the high school coaches, that's what he is. He is we, – we talked about Chad Morris and his ability to recruit. That was the one thing he did right at Arkansas was his, was his ability to recruit uh, you know, East Texas and to convince these kids to come be a part of a rebuild. Well, it, it failed, and you've now had, I guess, technically one long rebuild since Petrino, and it's all just been a giant – cluster you know what and here's sam Pittman, who's who's coming in and turning heads very similar to how chad morris did i'm excited to see what he can do given you know as soon as dead period's over with between that time and then the the, the actual i think it's february it's like it's usually like that first week of february yeah it's in february I, it's i'm curious what he does between now and then and that's what's exciting and then yeah like you said you get a whole year oh my goodness well, and, and take three days ago when we were joking. I mean, and we knew that early signing period was coming up, but we were joking three, four days ago that Arkansas was ranked 120th yeah. on, on their signing, and they're there with Harvard. So I don't care if you got to the 70s. I mean, you go from you're the laughing stock, you're the bottom tier of, of Division One, and now you could possibly have a top 40 signing class that in one week. You could have a top 40 signing class. That is amazing. It's unreal. Amazing. Amazing. And like they, somebody uh, said, if Sam Pittman gets – if they get – sorry, I almost said Ozark. <laughs> if Sam Pittman gets Arkansas to where they could get to a bowl game, he should be the SEC Coach of the Year. Mm -hmm. I, I just – I mean, honestly. Year one? Yeah, year one. Year mm -hmm. one. 
if he we're not there. Yeah, we're not there yet. But I, it's that's going to be tough with Notre Dame, and I know you know that. That's yeah uh, for anybody. But and I'm I ha- saying if he does, he deserves yeah. It. Again, that's a. I can't wait. I really coming out of spring. Spring is like my favorite time to be doing this because you know you get you're you're now post signing day. You're now into spring practice. You're getting all the rumors and reports coming out of spring practice. And I and I said this on the uh, I recorded the Pig Trail podcast earlier today, and I said this. I hope I hope it's open. I hope he holds open practices. I get scrimmages, you know, being behind closed doors. I get that. You know, you don't want to reveal your hand, and and I get it. Everyone, you know, has everyone's got their eyes out, especially in this day and age. Everything's digital and. Watching us as we speak right now. I'm looking at my webcam, and I'm sure the NSA is watching me as we speak. Dead gum government, but I yeah, you I, got that guy that that Santa that Santa peeked in on that girl's ring camera, and she was he told her to demolish the room, or she wasn't going to get present. So if they can look in your dead gum ring cameras, they can look in your laptops. We're all screwed. We're all yep. screwed. But I. If I'm I, I'm excited for spring practice, and that's going to be fun because then we could start talking about really getting into what he can do and what he's capable of, uh, you know, going into year one. I'm like like basketball, and I, I had early projections like a month before season, and I said I don't know about NCAA tournament. I'm going to make that announcement too, by the way, in a post game after the Indiana ball game, which is oddly enough on a Sunday. I, I just now realized that that's going to be on a Sunday. That's and they changed. Did you see where they changed the time of that? It's like a six thirty tip off now. Oh, is it six thirty? It's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like eight five. o'clock. Well, five or six. It's the early game because they were talking about. Uh, now there was a game behind it, but yeah, it's going to be like six six thirty tip off. Okay, well you heard it here, then people. It's uh, that's December 29th. We still got to get through Val down in North Little Rock on Saturday, which for whatever stupid reason isn't televised, um, but it is what it is. It seems like that's usually the case down there. It seems like they don't ever televise those games. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, I wonder if it's something to do with uh, getting all the equipment in there. I think that is the case. In fact, I think this happened last year, and I remember people being mad about it. I, I don't know. It's ridiculous. We're in- well, the infrastructure you need to get – yeah, well, the infrastructure you've got to put into that building just to do one game. It's, not, it's, it's the same reason why, like, uh, the Little Rock games. You know, to put the infrastructure to televise an SEC game inside of War Memorial Stadium, I mean, it, it it's very expensive to do. Oh, yeah. That's true. I mean, I, I get it. I just, man, especially with how hot the Razorbacks are right now, it's uh, you just want to watch and, and take in as much as you can. But uh, also, also, not only did you flip, getting back to football again, Darren Turner, not only, or well, I shouldn't say flip, but get him to recommit, but not only that, you took away Ray Curry Jr., who was committed to, to Mizzou, and then Dominic Johnson, I think it was Dominic that threw his hat on the ground. Oh my goodness! The hat heard round the world because it shook the ground beneath <laughs> our feet. That was incredible. Who was that that tweeted at you? The from they felt it all the way from Little Rock. I saw that. Yeah, with the, <laughs> got a with, kick out of that. Yeah, that was a good one. I was cracking up when I saw that. I know what you're talking about. That was that was good stuff. I loved it. I loved it. Dominic Johnson, man, he, he's a big dude. Reminds me a lot of Broderick Green, 6'1 and a half, 230 pounds. That's a big running back coming at you now. You don't ever seem to see these big backs anymore. They seem to be like a thing of the past, or they turn them into tight ends, or they, you know, if they if they happen to run a fullback, they'll morph them into fullbacks. That's a big boy. I I, I wonder if they keep him there. But and then later today they got uh, Julius Coates, the first JUCO kid of this class so far. That is signed. I love this kid's size. Uh, six foot six, two hundred and seventy pounds. Um, pretty big boy, but he's out of uh, East Mississippi JUCO. He's from Rockford, Illinois, but he will count towards the twenty twenty class. Supposedly, excuse me, I just got done eating dinner. Supposedly had a committable offer from Colorado, Nebraska, and Oregon. So you were able to add him on uh, late. Uh, it was today, actually, if I remember right. Yeah, it's today. So, yeah, it's a good start. You still got Drew Francis, Mike Harris, and Tyrese Edwards, who are committed 
Francis, the outside linebacker, Mike Harris, the corner, and uh, Tyrese Edwards, the 6'3", 240-pound defensive end. I don't know. I, I don't know if their offers are still technically on the table or not. I don't even know if they're real. I'm assuming they're still committed because they haven't officially come out to the public and decommitted. I don't know if there's something else going on behind closed doors where they're kind of waiting on I don't know what they're waiting on at this point. You got your linebacker coach. We know who's coaching the defense. So I don't know what these guys are waiting on. They're all three defensive players. Linebackers and offensive linemen have got to take. Uh, they've got to be. They've got to be the number one priority as far as what what you need in this class. And they've, they're off to a good start with Jashad Stewart, Cottrell Wallace, and uh, Kellen Burl, another kid they got today. You're off to a good start there. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. I, if if they can add some more offensive linemen, they don't. They've only got the one committed. They're gonna need to. Add, they're gonna need to add. I don't know three three more. I'd like to see them bulk up around the offensive line. So uh, I think okay. if with Sam, you know Sam Pittman, I think if he models himself like what uh, Dan Antonio in, in Michigan State does, you know he takes these two three star players and he develops them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could turn into a a, a, a good program. Yeah, I think he's building a foundation with players who could play. He's not he's not having to settle with a bunch of portal players or these two star guys. He's getting three and four star players, and if he can bring them in and they're hungry enough and and develop them, I mean, they could they could turn out to be some really special players. Yeah, I I really like Ray Curry. I'm out of Memphis. I, I like him a lot. Six six three fifteen. He's only a three star. He's he's barely nationally ranked, but um, what little research i've done on him apparently and several have said this in the media too around here that he probably is is pretty under the radar and deserves a little bit more recognition um he obviously was he had a committable offer from mizzou and mississippi state i know that alabama and auburn had offers on the table but i don't know that they were committable or not but uh, i'm excited about i'm excited about what he's going to be able to do again once he comes out of post once we get out of this this dead period once it's over with I'm really curious to see what they do because that, that's when we'll start to get the, more and more of, of, of the offers out, right? Like that's when we, we'll start to see even more offers, even though they've got some out now. You'll start to really see who they're zoning in on and who they really want to grab because now you're, you're you're once again you're up against the you're up against the clock, and but you you're given a little bit more time to go out and get who you want. Um, so I, I think that's it on recruiting. I, if you're going to ask me, and I, I already have been actually, where they where they finish, can they keep top fifty, and do they possibly land? Someone asked me today actually, what are their odds of getting a top thirty class? And I'm going to tell you that I don't know where you're at, where you think they finish, uh, Porter, but uh, top thirty is going to be pretty hard to do. But I, I could see them somewhere in the top fifty when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, like we said before, if if they were in like the one twenties before all this, and they can they can get in the top fifty, you, you can't do nothing but applaud that with the time that they've had to to and 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 we ain't even talked about the OC. Without an oh, OC, you're yeah. able to get these recruits, and they've been mainly defensive players. But what struggled the most? I mean, our defense was atrocious last year. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> they were great. They, what are you talking about? They yeah, were terrific. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got Ty Story, the conference player of the year, and you got the the a wide receiver at Kentucky, one of the top versatile players of the year because if they played you, that that's mm-hmm. something to really hang your hat on. Cam Newton two point baby. That's what he. Oh was. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we shouldn't make fun. He he ended up being okay as a quarterback at Kentucky, like kind of. Doing, I think I think it was a, you know, it was like wrapping duct tape around your your loose plumbing. Like you know, I think that's kind of what he was just kind of thrown in there. He played wide out, but yeah, he he certainly made Arkansas look silly. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he did end up being good. It's just that thing. It's almost like I, I say the thing. You know, Joe Burrow. You know, he's playing in the college football playoff, and Ohio State had had tweeted out a little congratulations and somebody said that's like congratulating your ex-wife on her new marriage <laughs> it's like you, you don't do that <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. i got a kick out of that i got a kick out of that uh, it's funny to watch these teams kind of go back and forth through their official twitter handles i wish arkansas kind of did more of that I, I don't know i find it funny um 
Yeah, I, I think there's a really good shot that that Arkansas finishes with a top 50 recruiting class. But I, again, that's the exciting part of all this is figuring out what Sam Pittman's going to do. And again, we'll we'll get we'll get some more of his targets. We'll get them jotted down on pen and paper or with pen and paper, and we'll figure it out. And we'll talk about it more here on the podcast. I love recruiting. It's my one of my favorite things to talk about, and and uh, trying to keep up with it is a full time job. And I. I don't dedicate that kind of time to it, but I do my best, and I know Jacob does as well, and Porter, I, we've all got our hands just full. But th- this is really, though, this is the funnest time of the year for me, and I just wish Arkansas was in a situation, and like you said, we're going to transition to our next topic here in just a second, but I wish they had their offensive coordinator in place. I think if they had before Wednesday, maybe there's an opportunity there to to grab some more offensive players, maybe get a couple more guys sign a little early. Darren Turner, I'm going to say this before we move on. Uh, 6'3", 210-pound athlete. He's listed as a wideout. Supposedly, Chad Morse's staff, they wanted him to play safety. I don't know what they end up doing with him. I'm going to, I'm going to argue with Miles Slusher and the depth they've been able to build at safety, even with Curl declaring for the draft. They're in pretty good shape at safety, I think. I mean, it's not bad. Okay, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's not bad. Um, receiver, you had Jordan Jones, who's who's transferring out. You've got some other guys that are still, you, you wonder if they're on the chopping block. Um, and and you've had some other transfers over the years at that position. So you start to wonder, maybe they actually do. Maybe the staff wants to utilize Turner as a wideout. But I, you know what? Time will tell. Um, I don't have the early enrollee list in front of me. I don't know of these kids, which one's an early enrollee. I think Julius Coates is the Juco defensive end. I think he will be here during the spring. Other than that, is, I'm not. Is uh, Blaine Toll? I think I've seen something where Blaine Toll might be. He coming. might be. I think he, he might, might be. be coming. Maybe someone, uh, I'm sure we'll get hit up after the show airs and someone will someone will uh, fix that for us but I, I I don't know I'm, it wouldn't surprise me if Blaine Toll would be I, I thought I had heard there were two or three kids so far that had signed will be eligible to be here during the spring and that's so important that is so freaking important I'm going to tell you had KJ Jefferson been able to to enroll early here I do think we would have seen possibly more of him last year I really do how desperate they were at the quarterback situation you saw how badly they wanted to put him in but had to wait until the final four games so they didn't burn his red shirt um, I think had he been here during the spring, or maybe not, I don't know that they would have burned his red shirt, but I definitely think he would have been further ahead uh, comparatively. I mean, that's probably the most obvious thing in the world to say because obviously, you know, he's, he's here during the spring. That's that's great time for a young quarterback, but it is imperative that you get these kids here. And I know you don't want them to abandon high school for a possible college career, and you're not even sure what happens when they go to college. I, I get that, but. Man, it, it could benefit these kids so much. Had had KJ been here during the spring, I think he would have been way further along in his development. That's just uh, possibly because we got to think about the head coach we're talking about. I mean, That's even Hicks true. and Starkle, he was like, oh, 30 to 40 percent of the playbook. I mean, so I mean, in, in, I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't think it would have mattered in, in that instance because of the coaching. I mean, look at look at his press conference today and with Auburn and I mean he just the same thing he sounds like an idiot he's like he he don't know how to put together a press conference and speak it's he's like never why? good never be good at the press conference never he, he couldn't win the press conference that kind of makes you wonder how much of that did it actually impact him as a head coach I don't know but it, it kind of makes you wonder a little bit is this what's going on behind the scenes if he's unable to but you know what I guess that's different when you're talking to the media and you don't want to give away too much and you do want to give out that coaches speak there's a lot of coaches that do that and that are successful they have the coaches speak I don't know there just seems like there were so many signs that we should have seen and I used to say this all the time in the live show and I still kind of do the writing was on the wall with him and uh, we should have just, uh, I don't know. What was it Ruskin and Zach said today, or they posted on Twitter, that uh, I wish I should have had that pulled up. Something about just because you're near greatness doesn't make you great, you know, referring to his time as the OC at Clemson. You know, just because you're you're close to, to that level of play doesn't make you, you know, the carbon copy of that kind of success. I think. Well, was- and he- here's where I'm going to step in, and I've said this before, because if, and I'm not meaning to toot my own horn, but if anybody can talk about, Clemson's success, I, I think I should. I had the qualifications. 
you know, just you can look at Clemson where they are now, and it is easy to say that. Well, look at what they did. Chad Morris recruited Deshaun Watson, so we can give him the, the the props and show. But it wasn't him that made Clemson to where it is today. They mm-hmm. would have not have won a national championship without Brent Venables at the defense. You look at the defense. The defense, yes, Deshaun Watson got he got voted the the player the college football player of the decade. He's very special player. Jordan Leggett, the tight end, that final drive of that Alabama game was making some insane catches. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an all-around effort. So I, I guess in a way I get upset because it's like they want to automatically, because of what Clemson is now, they're going to credit Chad Morris. And I was, you know, and I'm guilty myself of the hope that I had for Chad Morris was because of what he did at Clemson in recruiting Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. But you can't look at Clemson now – and be like, well, Chad Morris is, is a byproduct of that. He really wasn't because he left, and then they really started because they finally got a, a, an elite defense and elite offense on board. It takes a complete team to win the national championship nowadays. Yeah, and I, but I don't think anybody here – I don't think anybody thought you are building, and they say this a lot, you're not building Clemson West over here. I don't think that was ever the goal. I think it was – and you see it all the time in coaching. I mean, look at Bobby Vitrino's coaching tree. I mean, those guys, I mean, you've got what's his name up at Purdue. Uh, you've got coordinators all around the league. They're giving shots. I mean, that's kind of how it works. You know, if you're around greatness, then teams are going to roll the dice on you expecting to get that. Here's what they tweeted. Uh, Chad Morris is Danny Ocean. He robbed Arkansas blind when Hog fans actually thought he could coach football. Proximity to greatness does not equal greatness. And I think that's actually really well said. I don't, I never thought they were building something like Clemson over here. I just thought they would, you know, I don't know, do better than what they were. I always kind of subscribe to the idea that he was a, an in-between guy. Like he's going to build up a good roster. He's going to build up and upgrade the talent from A to Z on the roster. And then after, you know, four, maybe five years, if he's lucky, he's out the door and you're at least winning six games a year at that point you would expect, but that's why he's out after that short amount of time. And then the next guy comes in and maybe he's your Bobby Petrino or Houston nut or whatever can then take you on to the next level. I always thought he was maybe the Mike Anderson. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. He's going to lay a great foundation. Unfortunately, he just continued to regress and go backwards. Um, and it was unfortunate. It, well, I mean, it's unfortunate for fans and, and, uh, I will tell you this. I do think he's a great coordinator. I, I and I, I'm not going to say that he's responsible for Clemson, but there is one thing that's a fact: their offense kicked ass when he took over as OC. There's no doubt about that. There's no mistaking how much better they were on offense. And you know, like you said, you bring in Venables. Now you've got a complete staff. Now you've got a head coach who's a CEO letting his coordinators do their job. Their position coaches do their job, and now you've got a. They run like an, a well-oiled machine. You know, you can argue they might be the next, and I know this is going to rub some SEC fans the wrong way, but you can argue they might be, and maybe they are the next Bama, what Bama's been for the last, God, you know, <laughs> X amount of years. Maybe that's Clemson, or maybe that's LSU with what uh, Ed Ordron's doing down there um, with the Tigers. But let's go ahead and transition really fast. We'll make this the last part of our show, and I know you want to talk a lot about this, Porter. The offensive coordinator. Uh, what do the Razorbacks do? What what options? Who do you like? Porter, is, is there someone that maybe we haven't thought of, or any you know maybe there's someone out there that we haven't talked about that that uh, you want to mention, or are you on board with the two with Applewhite and uh, and Bryles? Where are you at with that? I, I don't know about Bryles. Um, and I man, I've kind of held back because I, I'm not knowledgeable on it, and when it comes to the position that he was in, you know, you, you can't just go spat off the mouth of, because it is a very sensitive subject of what he was connected to at, at Baylor. And I just don't want the, the, the Razorback fans to be so blind to, if he was mm-hmm. connected to that, to just, well, that doesn't matter. That was a long time ago. He's proven him because that was a, that was a bad situation. You know, the Baylor situation w- was up there with, with the Penn State situation and, and the other, the, the Michigan State situation with the gymnast. I mean, it was a bad, bad situation. Yeah. And, and his dad 
you know, what, what he got himself caught up in. And I don't know. And that's what I'm saying. I am not throwing any guilt at him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just throwing doubt. Like, I don't know what part he had into it. So, therefore, I don't know what baggage he brings if, if he is chosen. Um, I wouldn't mind Rhett Lashley. I mean, he has an offensive mind. He has the mind. He's a mentor e of Gus Malzahn. Yeah, and and that would be my pick. I don't think when it comes to Major Applewhite, he was a quarterback at Texas, and and he kind of has, I guess, come up through those ranks. I mean, he, but I don't know what he's done to to kind of prove himself that he would be a good SEC offensive coordinator. Yeah, as far as the Apple or the Brile stuff. Um, Look, we can't deny that there's a controversial background there, that he was at least there when all this stuff was going on. We're talking about the rape allegations that his father, uh, I, you know, I don't remember all the details of that. I think he, he just ignored them and maybe deleted some emails. And I know it's pretty severe. Anytime you're trying to cover up that sort of stuff, like the guy, that's just got sleazeball written all over it. It was a complete cover-up job. It, it wasn't email. I mean, it was a complete... His players were involved. Okay, in I'm not. Could, I'm not yeah. trying to. I'm yeah. not trying to diminish what yeah. happened. I just don't oh, remember yeah. everything, so I don't want to. You know. Oh, and I'm not trying part. to. I'm not trying to say you don't. I'm just trying right. to shed light on like there was players involved in things, and he mm-hmm. he just wiped it clean like nothing ever happened. And that's where I'm confused, and I, I don't want to judge the guy. You know, like yeah. I said, this is one of them subjects where you you don't want to shed a negative light on the guy because. If he wasn't connected to it and he was just guilty by association, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. You know, because he could come in and do great things at Arkansas. But to me, it's like that. It that's always in the back of your mind. Like when I first heard the name Bryles, that's the first thing. If you're a college football fan in the modern era right now, what we're going through, you think of what happened at Baylor. So there, yeah. it's always in the back of my mind. But I, I don't like I said it's it's a touchy subject, and I don't want to throw stones or anything because i i'm not i don't know what all he was connected with but i know there was things going on when he was at fau of 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 some lawsuits and they were trying to to get him pinned for things while he was there so i don't know how much they're if that's why they're not looking at him or they're not hiring him yet but i mean it, it causes concern for me of of the hesitation why they don't have an oc yet Here's here's what here's what's connected to what happened at Baylor. Okay, I don't see any, and I I did a little tiny bit of research when I had time earlier, and I I couldn't connect, uh, I couldn't connect this Bryles, Kendall Bryles to any of it. But these this is what Baylor's connected with and what they're accused of. Uh, players arranging for women, alcohol, and illegal drugs for parties when recruits were in town. <laughs> Wow, I mean that in itself is uh, that's unreal. Paying for or paying for and escorting underage recruits to to bars and strip clubs, and paying off. Let's see, paying for off-campus football parties, which repeatedly resulted in gang rape of women by the athletes. Um, this is uh, this is from. Arkansas Times. This is from our own. This is what they're just kind of bringing up here. Uh, but before they get into that, they say that the uh, central to their recruiting efforts, Baylor football coaching staff implemented a sh- show them a good time policy, which permitted members of the Baylor football team to engage unrestricted behavior with no consequences, uh, including but not limited to those things I just mentioned off. Uh, I, I haven't read. I'm going to be honest. I haven't. I just found this article as we're sitting here talking about. I I don't know. Uh, I'm not seeing anything that directly connects with him, but I'm also just kind of skimming over this this um, what they wrote here. But again, this is ArkansasTimes.com. You could find it there if you want to look it up for yourselves. Uh, but it does say Art Bryles was fired, and uh, Baylor. Let's see, Baylor also ousted college president Kenneth Starr. Yes, that Kenneth Starr. <laughs> Well, I remember him for a sex scandal, including a cover-up that saw multiple football players accused of rape. Kendall Bryles wasn't directly implicated and kept his job for a time. Baylor, however, has never fully disclosed uh, all it found out in an, an internal interview. So there, there could be, there could be something out there that they haven't disclosed yet. Although I have it, I have a hard time believing that there's. If there was something there, this guy's been. 
he's he was at Florida State. You know, he was the OC there. I mean, he's kind of been around since all this happened. Why hasn't this stuff surfaced? If there's anything on him, why did anything surface before? Why is it now an issue? Uh, let's see. That review acknowledged some unnamed coaches took "quote unquote" improper steps when told of a when told of player assaults. Schools that hired Kendall Bryles, Kendall Bryles uh, subsequently said they've they vetted him thoroughly with Baylor officials. Um, and here, really quick, a lawsuit filed in 2017 against Baylor alleged that Kendall Bryles had recruited by saying white women, uh, white women at Baylor liked players. That lawsuit was settled out of court. And that was in 2017. So, I mean, there's, there's some stuff there, but I, I don't know if Florida state, you know, they're going to do some, some background checks on these guys. You know, they were on the phone and like they said here in the article, they were on the phone with Baylor. I don't know. It is risky, and here's here's the thing, too, Porter. If he's guilty of anything, and it comes out, I'm sure that who's gonna they're gonna fire him, right? Arkansas, yeah. at worst, you fire the guy, you move on, and you find somebody else. I, I for me, I say I don't know if if there's nothing here connected to him directly. If there's nothing out in the public, then I don't think you should be guilty by association. I'm not saying you're doing that. I think that what we've we've heard around social media is that we actually had a guy on our on our timeline. I don't know if you saw that today, but he was blasting Jacob, you know, because Jacob's all about this hire. This is Jacob's guy. And he was getting blasted for it. And I wonder like did this guy actually do any research at all? And and I haven't come to his defense. And I don't think Jacob did either, and and you're certainly not. Obviously, you're you're questioning the hire in itself. But um, I I don't I don't know. Should he be held guilty? You know, is he guilty by association? He even apparently tweeted. I mean, I'm finding all this stuff as we're talking about it. He uh, he was quoted as saying, "Judge me for me." He said, leaving his father's name unspoken. I lived my whole life pretty pure, and you can judge me for what I do. So I don't know. I again. If there was something out there that could tie him directly to this and, and his name surfaces and all that, and, and then I guess I would I would be a little bit more cautious in the hire. But I would say if anything does come up, then you walk away from him, you fire him. So well, it, it, it's going to come down to is the risk worth the reward? I mean, you you know the backlash is going to come. You know the and this is saying if he's not guilty and he he didn't do anything, and I hope it's right. I hope he didn't. I hope he didn't. I hope he's cool, clean. And, and he stays true to his word. I'm saying you still know that in the day we live in, that public backlash, and that's is that risk worth the reward? And if it's proven to be that he has nothing to do with it, then maybe it's true. But right, like I said, I mean, there's some people that would say it doesn't matter if he was or not. They still want him to come here because it's all about winning. And to that I say, no, it does matter. If he was involved in this, scandal if he was if and 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 i want to use that term strongly if he was Mm -hmm. involved in this then yes it does matter because of of what happened to those those young women down there but like i said we can't judge and and therefore we we leave it alone and and all in all i trust hunter your check i trust the job that he's done and i'm pretty sure that if sam Pittman has has thought about him being his offensive coordinator. He's going to go to his athletic director for guidance. And if Hunter Yurchek is like, I, I really don't know about his character, and he gives him a, a, a not approval, then I don't think Sam Pittman would hire him. But if Hunter Yurchek does his due diligence and he seeks that he is he's he's okay for the job, then he'll hire him. You've already had one guy brought on the staff that had some uh, that had some baggage. The linebacker coach out of his uh, out of where he was head coach at at the JUCO ranks. There was an article written like two years ago about how he called his players a bunch of thugs, and those players took that, I guess, as the N word. And I, I'm, you know, I mean, we're on the subject. I mean, we're talking about a coordinator and and talking about the the kind of baggage that could come that could come along with him. And it's apparently if they did vet that gentleman out the linebacker coach if they did their if they did their due diligence you got to imagine they felt like okay he's the guy they're they're willing to take the risk you got to imagine they'll probably do the same with Kendall because again there's just not much you know other than him just being there I don't know and then you know some words that could have been taken out of context or maybe he didn't say them at all 
I, it's just it's hard for me to look at this and say it's impossible that he had anything to do with it because he, he certainly could have. But it could also be the other side of this where he's just kind of getting dragged down. And like you said, if you know what, if if this all happened, then you know what, you 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 got to do your research and hope that you make the right hire and hope that if if you bring him along, none of this stuff resurfaces. Um, as far as like him being found guilty, because then it's like, well, now you've got a PR nightmare on your hands all over again. And the same thing could be said with this linebacker coach. If he, if he ruffles some feathers, calls some players, some thugs, and all of a sudden that's making its rounds around local media, uh, he'll be gone. And I think the same thing will happen with Art Bryles or excuse me, Kendall, Kendall Bryles. That is he, uh, yeah, he was at Baylor from 08 to 2011. And then, uh, well, he was, I'm sorry, from 08 to 2015 to 2016, 2017, he took over or he ended up at Florida Atlantic as the uh, co-offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. And then he went to Houston, kind of took on the same job there. And then he was at Florida state during 2019. So that's kind of been his rounds. And then you've also got major Applewhite. I, I just don't know really, um, what to think of him. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence about him. I know he, he's a, uh, what is he at Alabama? He's an analyst. Is that right? He's a offensive analyst. I get, I guess he's in that little, wherever everybody goes to go learn from Nick Saban that, um, I guess we can call it an internship, <laughs> I yeah. guess. Cause there are a lot of people who become analysts, but no, I mean, I, I know he's come up through, I think he done a sin at Texas, if I'm not mistaken, but he, you know, he, on, I mean, I know him as a, he was a really good quarterback at Texas, you know, and sometimes that doesn't translate when it comes to big time offensive coordinator jobs. But I mean, that was a long time ago as well. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I just have the reserves because I don't know how proven he is, you know. So it, it's almost like the toss up. Do you want to take the backlash in the, in what Browse has done at at in his tenure, or do you want to go? for a guy that maybe has a little bit more character, but yet he's not as proven. I think that's where we're at. He was, uh, he was the quarterback when they played, uh, Arkansas during the cotton bowl. Yeah. Um, but he was, he was quarterback there from 98 to 2001. He was the uh, grad assistant from Oh three to Oh four. And then, uh, I guess he coached uh, quarterbacks uh, at 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 Syracuse and Rice, and then he went to Alabama. I forgot about his first stint in Alabama. That's right. He was a quarterback coach, co OC in 07. And then he goes back to Texas from 2008 until it uh, looks like 2013, where he kind of was off and on as the uh, running back slash quarterback coach, co offensive coordinator. Then he wound up at Houston as the offensive coordinator from 2015 to 20. Uh, and then he was the head coach. At Houston, God, how did I? That's right. He was the head coach, wasn't he? At Houston for a couple of years. I can't believe I forgot about that. From 2016 to 2018, and then he uh, it, it ended quick. And then from 2019 on, he's been well. I mean, earlier this season, he's been an analyst for Alabama. Uh, his his, uh, you know, I don't know. That doesn't scream success to me. I, I, if I had to choose between the two, that'd be a tough one. Like you said, the baggage with Bryles, and then. You know, with the with I don't know what the the questions surrounding Applewhite is he proven as an offense coordinator? I, supposedly, the one thing I I have read is he is a solid developer of quarterbacks, something he's supposedly gotten a lot of um, uh, respect for around the coaching chain. Is he he's good with quarterbacks? I mean, obviously, the guy played it at Texas. He's coached quarterbacks most of his coaching career, or he's 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 dealt with and coached quarterbacks through most of his career since being one back in the late nineties, but he was a big name in college football back, back then when they played Arkansas and, uh, back in the late nineties, the big 12 was young and, and, uh, Texas was, was a, I mean, you know, they're Texas. He was a name then, and you got to imagine he's going to help you out recruiting in that part of the, in that part of the country. If you want to keep a strong pipeline in Texas, well, there you go. I'm sure Bryles could do the same though. So I don't know. Um, those seem like the two guys. Those seem like that, and I think by the time someone's listening to this, we'll already know who that is. I'm gonna roll the dice here, and I think they end up with Bryles. I just, I just think they do. Uh, they, again, they were already showing, they've already shown us that they're willing to roll the dice with that linebacker coach who already had some kind of some baggage with him. I think they do the same with Bryles. What do you think? What do you think they end up doing? 
yeah, I, and I guess I, I don't know because, I mean, really, I, I really have no idea because it's taken so long because, I mean, reports were out last week that we would know by the end of the week. So tomorrow, I mean, we're today as we're as you're listening to this recording on Friday. So I, I don't unless they've got their man, but this is the quietest search of all. I mean, when, when the, the, the DC, you know, Odom, I mean, there's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of smoke. Mm. When, when Sam Pittman came around, there was a lot of smoke. We're not hearing nothing about this. So it, it, for me, I can't give a, what I think, because I don't, I don't see any arrows pointing towards one guy that I, I see what's going on. So I, I mean, I'd be just giving an uneducated guess. I mean, I would, I would like for it to be kind of a guy like Rhett Lashley. But, I mean, if I was to pick between Applewhite or Bryles, if we're just going to go on coaching, that's it. I would rather have Bryles because of the coaching. I mean, he's coached Big 12 football at Baylor and went to Florida State and FAU. So, I mean, if we're going by coaching talent alone, I think I would have rather have Bryles than, than Applewhite. I just don't see that flash in, in that development that Applewhite's had. Yeah, and I, you know, Rhett Lashley was my guy. That was who I wanted to. I, I just, I don't think they end up with him. I've not heard anything. I have heard that these two have been interviewed. I have seen that around the local media. I've not heard anything on Rhett, and I just don't think he's. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he's on on this list. But then again, who knows? Maybe they pull a rabbit out of the hat, and he and they do convince him. And uh, I do think, and I say this, I, I don't know this, I'm, it's only a guess, but I do think they end up with their guy on Friday. And we'll know, we'll, we'll know. And I, I, don't, I don't know that either one of these hires, other than people who've, who've really done their research, I don't know that either one of these hires are going to blow people away. But I will tell you, as a play caller and, and as a guy that I think knows what he's doing, I don't think you could go wrong with either one of these, if I'm being honest. I don't think that either one of them are bad picks. Um, I mean, you could go wrong with them not working out and being pretty bland offensive coordinator. Sure, that's always a possibility. But I guess just given, you know, there's there's just not a lot on these two. It's not like you're picking up a couple of offensive coordinators who've been around the game and, and uh, been around it for, for years. I mean, I guess Applewhite has, but... You know what I mean? It's not like they're coming from areas where they've had tons and tons of success and you're bringing in like a... You know, like what I guess what Chad did with with Clemson, you know, uh, as the OC, or or what Lashley's done with SMU. Lashley would be my guy, even though he's he's younger. He's just there's so much promise there with him. These two, it's kind of like yeah, okay. There's all right. These are they're good hires. I think they're good hires. They're on the surface, they're good hires. But someone like Lashley, I'm just man. That was from day one. I was like, give me Rhett. I want Rhett Lashley here, but I don't see him leaving. SMU for how successful they've been. I don't see. I don't, if if he leaves anytime soon, it might be to to be a head coach at a at a you know a non power five school. I think that's kind of where he's where he's wanting to wind up. But uh, okay, we're both tired. We're both ready to. I think put an end to this episode. Episode freaking forty nine. Um, I uh, I guess I guess that's really it. I don't know if there's anything else we can add. No, I, I think we're good on that. I think we are. I think we're. I think we're uh, we we said we wouldn't do an hour, and we ended up going an hour. Look at that! All right. Hopefully, on the next episode, I guess episode fifty, which will be this Sunday, we'll have our offensive coordinator. We'll have, uh, you know, we'll be able to talk about that more. Probably Art Bryles, but it could also be Applewhite. We'll have uh, we'll have more of a breakdown there on on that hire. And hopefully, is Jacob back? You know his schedule a little bit better than I do. Is he going to be back? What's the deal? He said he's going to be back sometime Sunday, so I don't know what time exactly that's going to be Sunday, but he's going to be back sometime Sunday. Okay, we need him. We we need him for episode fifty because uh, I'd like to record that with him here. Um, oh yeah, so- I think if and we can let the I would let the fans know now if we have to delay a day to to make Jacob be available for our big fiftieth episode. I we're going to delay our episode so Jacob could be a part of it. Yeah, it's assuming I, I think he'll if he says he'll be home by Sunday, I bet he'll be home. I bet he'll be home and we can record it. I'll be available all day Sunday. Well, I say that. I'll be available Sunday night. <laughs> I'll be available then. I better not make too many promises or else my wife might might get on me. But um 
Okay, well, that's good. Do it. Episode forty nine. We, uh, we, we. I think again. I think we covered as much as we could. There's so much that happened this week. It's hard to kind of get it all under you know one show. And and we usually try to keep these at an hour, anyways. And we we got off subject there a couple times. But hey, that's the fun of the podcast because we could just sit here and ramble on. And hopefully you guys enjoy the content. Remember to give us some star power. Leave us a written review if you haven't already. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on Monday. Woo Pig Suey. Go Hogs. Bang. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.